Is that the heat or is that a bird? Uh, probably both. Probably both heat and a bird. Our, bur- our heat's delivered by bird now. <laughs> Richard. Paul. What do I love doing? Where do I love to go sometimes on the weekends? To the park by yourself. No, to the park with my children. But the Met Museum. The Met Museum, which is the... Metropolitan Museum of Art. One of the most famous museums in the world. A year or two ago, I just decided, you know what? I live in a city with wonderful, wonderful culture. I got to take... I got to get reconnected to it. Okay. You know, I looked at the Met online. I looked... They have an API for their collection. That's cool. You can download the art. Okay. And then I made sure to go there. I took my kids. I got a membership. You're a member? I'm a member. So you don't have to pay fees every time you go? No. In fact, you just go in, you swipe your little card, and then you go. Wow. Yeah, it's nice. It's fast with the kids. A little bit of a haul to get there from where I live in Brooklyn, but it's good. And, uh, you know, I've looked at all their digital assets. I've downloaded the spreadsheets they make available, so on and so forth. So I'm on LinkedIn where I go to uh, reject people who don't know me who want to sell me services. People who stretch their arms out, their hands out in a sign of kindness no. and affinity. No, no, and then you, you know what I love swat is it away. Dear Do you Paul, want to make this connection? Actually, let me pause really quick. Important side note. LinkedIn has skills tests now. Like, how good are you at JavaScript? Really? And they're awesome. I highly recommend them. Go poke around and find them. Okay. I did HTML, JavaScript, uh, CSS. Turns out I'm still up to speed. Is there a test to see how well I can passive aggressively discuss with a colleague why their thing isn't on time? No, they don't have that yet. But that's the true skill of management. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm on LinkedIn and a job pops up on the right. Have you had the LinkedIn suggest jobs? Absolutely. And the job is one where I have to admit, like for a second, I was just like, wow, that's a, that's a job. It was the chief digital officer for the Met Museum. So by chance, you saw the chief digital officer job. It turns out that like three of my seven skills, yep. in, in quotes, really align with this job. Okay. So I was like, oh, what's that like? Because I love the Met. Yeah. I'm like, what is it like? And because this is a public institution, I feel comfortable talking about it. It's a fascinating job description. The description, not the job necessarily. Well, I'm sure the job is going to be really, really interesting. But as you read the description, you can kind of, it's not even read between the lines. They kept it pretty honest as to what you're going to be doing. Okay. And so it's like... Well, let's back up. I mean, a chief digital officer is one of those titles that got kind of jammed in between chief information officer and chief technology officer. That's right. Chief information feels like... It's probably more in an organization that has really like Reuters and Thomson and Westlaw. They need a CIO to run all the, think about all the data. I think you think about tech strategically. Well, a CIO is someone who is working for the CEO and making the data work better across the organization. CTO can be lots of different things, but it starts at a kind of like infrastructural level Everyone in the organization has Platform, the tools and the, yep. architecture. And we joke and we're like, ah, oh, it's about getting, you know, email, but it's much more now. CDO and sort of like chief product officer as well is kind of in the middle. Like you said, like it's, 
you hey, are. Hey guys. Yeah. It's like that. You ever like you've been in a circle of friends at a party and that person just comes and wedges their way into the circle. That is the CDO. That's the CDO. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to think like the Met is vast, right? You've got audience, you've got events. Sure. Like these big institutions are half museum, half educational. Very half, digital. Very digital. Lots of apps, lots of things. So there's just an unbelievable amount of tech. So I'll give you a few responsibilities and duties. We're not going to read this whole thing, but there's a few highlights. Oh, so it's long. It's worth noting. It's a very long description. It okay. Is, look, I put it up on the screen behind you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like 80 bullets. No, no, I know. It is a huge description. So let's look at the general statement of responsibilities and duties. And remember, Go. too, that like if you're not-for-profit, you got to be out there, right? So 5,000 years of art. It's three different museums, blah, 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 blah. The chief digital officer will serve as the internal and external champion, advocate, and ambassador for the Met's digital strategy and will drive innovation and new initiatives. Okay, connect global audiences. Fine, Very fine, nice, fine, fine. fine. Although notice that internal, external champion is interesting, right? Like what's internal champion? Convincing other groups, convincing people that don't understand digital very well. I mean, I, I can help with this. I get it. You're pitching because they're asking you, what, what do you mean you need this much money to put a thing on my phone? Now, here's something critical. Partnering with the director and deputy director, the chief digital officer will take a leadership role in developing the vision and goals and management, managing the implementation of all digital activities, programs, and initiatives to take the Met's digital capability to the next level. Now, let's be clear. The director of the Met Museum is a pole position in New York society. Like It is one of the most important things you can be besides the mayor. It's just power. It's just power because the Mets board is the richest, most powerful human beings on the face of the earth. Okay. This is a cultural hot zone. It's very contested. There have been lots of books about it. This is one of the things when I got into the Met, I kind of got into the politics of the Met. The Met is like, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars sure. of collection. You want the people who collect art to give the art to the Met. You get, you know, uh -huh. who uh -huh. gets to run what. Or they get a chance to show something at the Met for a little while. Well, you know where you get to see the power is the Met Gala every year. Right. When like the media just shuts down and Anna Wintour is like, here, there's a theme. You're very yeah. lucky to be here. And we notice the celebrities, but the people who are also there are like billionaires. Like gazillionaires. Yeah. Okay, so all pretty straightforward, right? You're going to lead the creation, production, presentation, and dissemination. This is of the all sounding pretty normal to me at this point. Yeah, and then, and then we get on to primary uh, responsibilities and duties and internal and external ambassador. Well, we already knew that. Build relationships across the Met to create an interactive dialogue, encourage and maximize participation, and facilitate a digital mindset. Hmm. Okay, fine. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a lot, right? <laughs> uh, Let's read that again slowly. Build relationships across the Met to create an interactive dialogue, encourage and maximize participation, and facilitate a digital mindset. Okay. And let me be clear. We're just getting started. Okay. Let me give you another one before you even go in yeah. there. Design the organizational structure and define the overall strategy of the digital to ensure functional alignment and the cohesive integration of a number of specialized groups. That's horrible. That is, that to yeah. me is the red blinking caution light as to who this really needs to be. Because I am, my fantasy is I go in there, right? It's me in my fantasy for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I get, uh, hey guys, you have a really cool API here. And what if we made it even more accessible and powered lots of apps? Okay. That's, that voice is great. So, I mean, yeah, nobody wants that guy, right? What instead you need to do, and when we're talking like cohesive integration of a number of specialized groups, you're talking like the team that runs the Egypt collection. Are you talking about managing across 
It's literally the most 720 degrees management job I think I've ever seen. You're managing up, down, left, right, yeah. north, south, sure. east, west. Now, I think this is what we're getting to here. And they need this skill. You have to be good at this well, I think, to get anything done. And here's where it gets real, right? Like this organization knows itself. It is saying digital is core to what we do. And anyone who's going to do this job is going to be a person who builds consensus inside a very large, sometimes very political, history-rich, deeply complicated organizations. And so I, I appreciate the other one that I want to call out. Ensure collaboration and partnership with technology, curatorial and conservation departments, external affairs, publication, development, membership, education, and other functions, and facilitate cooperation within the digital department and across the Met for all media-related projects. Like, you're pretty good at big matrix organizations. I'm okay. I know the culture industry pretty well. I read this paragraph, and I go, well, good luck to the better person than me who can actually do that. That is hard. This is a diplomat. I mean, uh, you know, when you see chief fill in the blank officer, Mm -hmm. usually that you would assume an immense amount of power, right? Like, and because you're the chief, I mean, chief, I don't know where the origin comes from, but it speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. You're at the very tippity top. When you make a call, that call is going to get executed on. Like you've made the call, Mm -hmm. but what this thing is saying, which is, it's acknowledging something that I think because of our experience with nonprofits is unique to the nonprofit, more unique, more pronounced than the nonprofit world is that for you to get anything done, you can't just make a call. No, you're going to need you to work simply with can't. Of there are a few things you have to do. Like, first of all, your job here is clearly just managing meeting and like setting agenda. You need a deputy who can execute and sort of run your department. I want to bring up something here that I've thought in my head and I, I want to say out loud right now. Mm-hmm. No matter how high up you are, you are always managing up. Always. Well, this is- I am the co-founder of Postlight. Mm-hmm. We have a collaborative dynamic mm-hmm. between you and I. You're mm-hmm. the chief executive officer. I am the president. Mm-hmm. But we work as peers on yeah, just about I, everything. I mean, people know when they listen to this too that we're very much equal and you're operationally way more skilled than I am. And I do a lot of the growth stuff. So I don't have to manage up to anyone no, in Postlight, you don't. but we have clients, we have stakeholders outside of this office mm-hmm. and I manage them. Absolutely. I manage up. Everybody manages no, up. I do too. This I is the too. chief digital officer of the Met. Uh, where is up? I'll tell you where up is. Oh, I know where up is. Go ahead. You know where the up is, dude? It's that nephew. That nephew that got put in there because he's the nephew of the guy who made billions just oh, selling yeah. that slug that sits yeah. in your car. And now he's like, he's looking for an internship and he's been there six years. It's that. Do you know how many iPad apps you have to show to billionaires in this job? Oh my God. You have to be like, Mr. Um, Bank of America. Yeah. And so Johnny Bank of America. And the thing is, the truth is power trickles down everywhere. It Mm -hmm. doesn't trickle down just through the chiefs of an organization. It never works that way. Right. And consensus is hard to pull off. It's political. I mean, this all sounds kind of cynical, but it's just humans. No, no, this, that's what I really, it's just humans. I gotta be clear. I love this ad because the rest of it is like manage and direct staff to ensure the coordination of workflow, conduct performance reviews and maximize. It's acknowledging a reality. 99% of it is like, here's what the job is. And then there's those one or two bullets where you're like, huh, I wonder what it's like to work with membership, education and other functions for all media related projects. You know, what's interesting is sometimes you'll see that new executive come in. It takes about 30 days. Mm-hmm. For the first 30 days, everyone 
reserves judgment, at least publicly. They're still taking you in, okay? But at the 30... Well, they're always asking the people you used to work with too, because everybody knows everybody in this world. Yes. But at the 30, 45-day point, the organism... Is it going to reject you? If, I always if think it, of it as the liver transplant. It's, does your body it's say, a great analogy. It's like, okay, we've done everything we can and we brought you yeah. in and we're trying to lower the rate of, you know, the risk of infection and, and yeah. organ rejection. But at a certain point, they got to sell you up and take you off the meds. What is horrible about the corporate world is you can tell that the organism has rejected you, but it could take six months. It really could. And it's a horrible, horrible six months. The smart ones, frankly, walk in and that's happened. Uh, well, and that does happen. They'll walk into the CEO and say, it's not working here, is it? Let's figure this out. Let, cut my head off now rather than later. It's just a horrible, slow, grotesque death. You know, that's the thing is that the dynamic, maybe not for the CDO of the Met, but the dynamic of leadership is such that they hire you because you're the person who's willing to push past everybody not liking you on day one because you're the interloper and you're the outsider and so on. And so like the people who are motivated to take these jobs and do really well with them and who have the track record are the ones who don't notice that who think it's normal that everybody hates them for six months. There's that. A lot of the great executives know that a good percentage are going to hate them. They yeah. just say like, that's fine. No, that's, that's fine. fine. Come to the holiday party. That's perfectly fine. Look, I think you and I have, when this was a much smaller, newer organization, we had these very personal relationships there. Sometimes people are just don't want to deal with their boss. They make judgments. People make judgments because you're in the room and the door is closed. When you're kind and of what loud, are you doing in there? You're loud and brash and I'm kind of fat and weird. You can totally see people going like, oh, God, <laughs> there they are in there talking on their podcast. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like the thing I think what's weird is there's a point where you just go like, yeah, because yeah. I'm going to keep talking on my podcast. So, Paul, you know, I always like to turn these towards because we rant and complain and mock no, but I, I, will, think, I always want to turn it into some constructive well, advice. This and this thing. is a, this is hard. I have a couple in my head. Well, there's a thing that I think has been really fascinating for me is that I've been going and visiting the Met because I love it. And so it's truly just an unbelievable collection of artifacts. And so what that means is you walk around and learn all the spaces in different departments of the organization. Like it's very manifest. You can see yeah. it and feel it. And then knowing about organizations like, oh, wow, look at marketing. I get the emails. Like I have a very good sort of truly amateur map of the place in my head. Okay. And it's fascinating to read a job description like this. And sort of realize how much it, it maps to like the physical space, right? Like there are different departments and different people and there's a director above. Like if you go and walk around the Met and then you read this description, you kind of know what the job is. You're like, oh, wow, your job is literally to walk all the way around all the art and all the people <laughs> and say hi and know certain things. And then also figure out ways to ship stuff and probably more importantly, figure out ways to get people to fund things digitally that will last for a long time and be pretty good. How do you deal with that friction as a leader? Which friction in particular? There's like five kinds of friction I just described. You need that group to buy in and they're not buying in because you kind of have a feeling they just don't like you. That used to be a much harder one for me. I'm, I'm better at it now. Here's what's, I mean, here, I have a couple of tips, but I want to hear how you deal with it. Well, let's be straight up clear. Like the metric here is power, right? You need a certain amount of power to get things done or people, if you don't have that power, people will shut you down. Okay. So option through. one, slam it through. You could slam it through, but that a lot of times in big organizations, whether they're cultural or not, they're going to like draw the line. You know, people can go to the director and say, what is this lunatic doing? 
you know, we have 180,000 years of uninterrupted history here. And then suddenly they come in and tell us that we're moving everything to Windows XP. I mean, whoa, slow down. So you have to be very careful about that. The number one force is budget and money or outside support. Okay. So you're saying if we don't do this, the donors... Or if you're a commercial business, I mean, at the this, clients yeah, or at the, whatever. Look, at this altitude, one of the best things you can do is like hang out for a few months, get the, get the lay of the land, and then hopefully someone's going to write an article about you for the Times. Wait, what? Try to get some lock-in externally, man. Get in there so you're like a new digital director with a bold vision for a storied institution. Then you're in there. If the, if the public says that you're cool and smart, yeah, then everyone but I, will leave you alone. So I, I want to share my, I mean, you pretty much said it in a roundabout way, mm-hmm. but my number one trick, I'm going to call it a trick. It's actually- Cunning a, ploy? No, it's, it's actually a reframing okay. is all it is. How do I get this client or this boss or this department to do the thing that they're digging their heels in on and don't want to do? Well, you got to make, you have to give them some motivation. Stick works. Carrot is better. Carrot is better. I have a one that's even better than a stick or a carrot. And I say it usually this way to the product leads on different engagements. And that is, if you need to frame this such that if they don't do it, it's their failure, not yours. Yeah. Let's give an example they're going to look bad. Mm -hmm. I need to move you off of Oracle. It's not purely transactional. It's costing us $700,000 a year. We could get that down to like 50,000. And it doesn't scale. And you've got a host of reasons of why people are digging in. Skill sets are more better aligned. It's theirs. It's a decision they made. People defend their decisions, by the way. It's not just that, too. They defended the decision, but also, like, someone has usually tried to fix it three or four times in the past, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So here we are again. So you made a bad call, and now I'm going to tell you the right one to make, and you should just thank me. doesn't work. Nobody wants to be told that the call they made ever, which at the time, they may have been the right call, it was the wrong call. This no one a, wants to hear this that. This is a brutal lesson in our industry because our industry is filled with very smart, very self-assured people. I used to be one of them. And yeah. you go in and you're like, but I know I'm right. Yeah. I know that I have a better answer yeah, for you. And I do appreciate that passion. I really do. And so how do I, how do I fra- reframe it? And the way you reframe it is you're going to be left with a situation on your hands. I'm long gone. Yeah. That is going to be untenable. And that's going to bring enormous pain to everyone. I'm going to fix this. I hope you can get on the train. I got extra train cars on this train to fit everybody. So I hope you can get on it. It's not for me. It's for you, right? Yeah, because I know you want to get there. You don't, want yeah. to, you don't want to stand at the station while Correct. everybody else goes by. Correct. And so what you want them to do is go home that night and think, okay. First of all, I hate that son of a bitch. I hate him. That's what they think for a minute. Got to give them that. I, I, that's, I'm okay with no, that. No, you just have yeah. to, you literally have to like, don't manage around that. Let them, no, hate, let them hate you for ha- a minute. That's okay. I, I'm, you're trying to de- decouple yourself from the actual message. No, but they actually but, have to forgive you for existing because you've represent so much annoyance in their life. For real. Like, <laughs> that's people, most of my life. No, people have to like, essentially be like, okay, I guess they put him in because the last 17 people didn't do the job. Yeah, so or whatever. Like, why, are, why, are, why is he here? He's right? kind of a dick. He's kind of annoying. But I just need to like, I need to just get with the program probably. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's, people have to go through that. And so what doesn't work as well, by the way, is if you do this, you're going to look really good in two years. 
What works way mm-hmm. better is if you don't do this, you're going to look so bad. You're going to look bad. I want to minimize risk for you. I, I want to make you, it so that you're in a better place. You're risking your career. And you see what's happening now is you're talking about them yeah. and their situation and their status and their future. Well, but if they're in a giant, powerful org, right? There, it's entirely possible for them to go back and say, yeah, I've been here for years. You haven't. That's real. And so then you, at some level, you have to say, well, train's leaving and I wish you the best. Yeah. Well, and that, and that has happened and that, ha- and that can happen. Some people dig in and they never come out, right? Well, and then they're going to retire in five to 10 years and whoever inherits their role will then come knock on your door and yeah. say, hey, I know things weren't so easy. Look, here's our reality, Paul. If everyone had it together and was making those right calls, Postlight wouldn't exist. No, that's right. <laughs> no one would ever hire an agency yeah. if you could just do it yourself. And make all the right bets out of the mm-hmm. gate. Right. And but, you know, tech changes and there's always gaps and then you got to always catch up on them. This is a really hard thing to do. Like I just actually reviewed a deck with the team and that was pretty damning. There's the findings and recommendations and the finding side of it was damning. Yeah. And I was like, this is harsh, guys. We need to reframe this somehow. <laughs> like it cannot be an indictment. You have on, to be really careful with a tech team presenting facts. It's tough. It's tough because they're they're facts. They're just like, well, well, these are just facts. Why would anyone have any problem with them? Exactly. And the thing is, it's a a big group. Management's going to be there. There's all these people that are going to be there. I do think 99% of leadership is convincing people to show you their drafts. (laughs) That's another thing. Can I see it? Yeah, yeah. Because they don't want to be babysat. No. You're just like, okay, the difference between this sentence and that sentence is I get to go on vacation. Yeah. If we send the second sentence. I think this is a page out of marketing. It is. Like marketing is all about making the consumer feel like this is about them. Rhetoric. Right? It is it's, always it's, about... It's all the me. way back to rhetoric. Yeah. And, and you know, I just saw the Ralph Lauren documentary on HBO, which is lovely and very charming. He's had a very charmed life and everybody's very beautiful. But not a lot of drama or interest. I was expecting something to shit the bed, but everything just no. kept going smoothly. And so now he's like 80. Floral pattern dresses. And his wife is beautiful. His kids are well. I, I, you know what I expected for sure? One of the kids to fall into drug addiction. Well, VH1 has trained you, right? Like that. that <laughs> Behind the music. But it wasn't all roses. <laughs> but what he sold, he wasn't actually a designer. He didn't sit there and he wasn't a tailor. That wasn't what he did. He sold like a fantasy a fairy tale. Of like being on Long Island with a bunch of horses. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he sold that, right? And so he he was thinking about you. It's, it's a deeply empathetic thing. And so I think a lot of times it's like, okay, it's a battle. Street fighter time. Get your fists up and we're going to figure out how we're going to get to the right decision. No, no. What you want to do is get to a place of mutual accord and love. Yeah. yeah. Mutual accord and love where they feel like they are really the ones prevailing. That's the hard yeah. part. Like if you know me, I'm pretty aggressive and kind of loud in a room, but really what I'm trying to do is get you to feel like it is you who is making the right call mm-hmm. here and that this is best for you. And a lot of my like sort of bluster and anxiety is actually comes out of like, I can't let you do this to yourself. I do hate to see it. I hate to see it. <laughs> I'd hate to see this happen, right? And that's, I think, huge here. And, you know, when you read a description like that, a job description like this, that's what all of it is. All uh, People who can, I'm not good at this part of it at, to this level. This is a special no, breed of this human. this is one of the things, like, I'm, I'm reading it down and going like, you know, like I said, like, I love the Met. And I'm like, woo. And then I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And, and you got to be good. Museums are also hard. Like museums are, are really tough places. And the Met is probably one of the, 
It's one of the best places to work in the world as a museum person. I mean, it's one of the best museums in the world, Which right? means I mean, it's tough. Have you met those people that can just sort of glide in a room and there's stress and anxiety and they just somehow diffuse it and they do it smoothly and calmly and they walk out and they don't fall apart? I have. That's have. a skill. It's, it's really unusual. That is a real impressive skill to bring the temperature down. If that person all the time. can also operate and execute in any way, it's a miracle. We've definitely met some where it's just like the person's entire job is to look and make other people feel good, and all of the work happens elsewhere. Yeah. I don't, is there training for that? It's probably books. I, I don't know. I think it's a personality thing is a big part of it, especially in this world, the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. We've met some people who frankly are, are doing it to help raise money. And that is, it's an art in and of itself. A lot of the same skills and tools are there, which is how do I get you here to point B? Like that's all they're thinking about. So look, I mean, I want to be really clear. This is a tough job and congrats to the Met for accurately describing that you are working on something really big and complicated. Well, you're managing humans. No, because most of these jobs don't actually, most of these descriptions never. No, never they're really. idealistic. They make it sound like you're going to be you're gonna whiteboarding. You're literally, you're going to put on a black turtleneck and tell everyone what to do. Yeah. The reality of the job is you're going to wear a blazer and walk from office to office and mm -hmm. feel kind of maybe a little beat up at the end of the day. Yeah. And then you have to go tell your team what to do. And it probably isn't what they really want to do. What? Never. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, never. No, because right? they would rather do the other thing that's more interesting. Of course. So we should look at more job descriptions because this is the real world. It rarely is it written like that. No, I know. Uh, you know, the interview is really where it reveals itself. We've had interviews where on paper it was killer and clearly the person had the tools, but you could tell personality wise it was going to be a tough a tough match. Yeah, that's real. There's no other way to get that. You cannot pull that up. Humans have to be in the room. Humans have to be in the room. All pads lead through other humans to get to anything, right? And so you have to meet that person and, and see what it's like. This is also a good reminder for me of like, that there's a big world out there. Like, you know, we've got post light running pretty good. Got a lot of inbound. We're, we're delivering yep. a lot of services. And then it's like, whoa, <laughs> that would be hard. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, I can feel pretty good about myself some days. And then it's like, whoa. Uh, well, as you get bigger, too, you're dealing with more yeah, and more right. humans. And that makes it harder. That so. is exactly right. Cool. All right, friends. Um, well, listen, you know who manages people exceptionally well, Paul? Oh, Postlight. We like to partner with our clients to take them through digital transformation journeys. Yes, I just said that. Mm -hmm. D-T-J. Uh, Journeys. <laughs> oh, God. We design, architect, build big, sprawling platforms, apps that ride along those platforms, clients across all sorts of sectors, med tech, banking, media. Uh, we're here in New York City. Reach out to us. We love to talk to you. Hello at postlight.com. We love fine art. I love the Met. Good luck to everybody there. Okay. Hello at postlight.com. Let's get back to work. Have a good week. Bye.